There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a pair of career criminals from England who bought a scratch lottery ticket with a stolen debit card and won £4 million. But getting their greedy mitts on the money would prove to be much harder than they imagined. As well as a frisky North Dakota woman who smacked a cop on the butt because she loves men in uniform. And much more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. On April 22, 2019, career criminals Mark Goodrum and John Watson from Greater Manchester went for a trip to Clapham in London. They were a pair of knockabout lads always on the lookout for stuff to pinch and ways to make a buck without working for it. They later claimed they'd gone to Clapham that day to beg as a way of making some cash, but begging seems like way too honest an activity for either of them, so it's likely these grifters were up to their usual tricks. While in town, they paid their way by using a debit card they'd stolen from a guy they didn't know named Joshua Adaman. Feeling like lucky punks, they dropped by a Waitrose supermarket and bought five scratch lottery tickets. Then they wandered into a Londis convenience store where they scratched off the cards. They were quite chuffed when they discovered they'd won £10 on the first card, but that was nothing compared to their elation when they won £4 million on the second one. This was it, the big payday in the sky they'd always dreamed of, the ultimate scam for these flimflam men. They were rich, they were fucking millionaires, and everybody they knew was going to be really bloody impressed. CCTV footage from the store shows 31-year-old Watson dancing and jumping for joy, while 35-year-old Goodrum bangs his fist on the counter. Because even when he's happy, Goodrum likes to hit things that don't hit back. They immediately called Camelot, who runs the lottery, to claim their prize. Then they went on a four-day bender to celebrate their win. They splashed their escapades across social media because everyone knows it's a great idea to brag your ass off when you come into a large sum of money. They posted a bunch of pictures of themselves posing with several bottles of champagne at King's Cross Station, flashing wads of cash in bars, clutching magnums of champagne in a restaurant, drinking two cocktails at once in a bar, lol. Basically just being dim-witted, flashy scumbags getting drunk on expensive booze in a variety of locations. 
all their Christmases had come at once, and despite doing nothing to deserve it, they were convinced they'd earned it. However, the joy from their ill-gotten gains proved to be short-lived. While trying to get their dirty mitts on their apparent winnings, they hit a big roadblock. See, when you're a petty criminal, you have scant use for a bank account, as most of your dealings are in cash or kind. So despite them both being in their 30s, neither of them could receive the money via bank transfer as they didn't have bank accounts. This raised suspicions at Camelot because their records showed that the winning scratch card had been bought with a debit card. And to get a debit card, you have to have a bank account. Camelot investigator Stephen Long got in touch with the pair to probe further into these dubious developments. Goodrum told the investigator that the card they'd used to buy the ticket belonged to a friend named John who owed him money for paying his bill in a London brothel. However, when he asked them for more information, neither of the criminal masterminds knew this supposed John's surname or even where he lived. In light of this, Camelot refused to pay out the £4 million win and referred the case to Greater Manchester Police's complex fraud team. The cops knew both these crooks very well. Between them, the pair had racked up hundreds of charges, with Goodrum having 24 convictions at the time, while Watson had 74. Most of their convictions were for burglary and fraud, so the police figured it was unlikely that they'd won the money fair and square. Despite being under investigation by the cops, in April 2019, these walking Mensa think tanks turned to the media to try and play the victim card. I figured they were hoping to embarrass Camelot into paying out, but instead they just made themselves sound like even bigger dicks. Watson told the Sun newspaper, The lottery catchline is, it could be you. Well, it should be us. I should be living it up in Las Vegas. Camelot bosses are messing us around, probably because they know we've had a lively past and been in prison. Well, that's too bad. They need to pay us what we are owed or else. Watson then went on to have a sook to the Bolton news. He told them, In a way, it has ruined my life. People have been calling me a scumbag and laughing at me. I'm just depressed all the time. I can't go to Bolton anymore. Everywhere I go, people laugh at me. <laughs> yeah, we do. While Goodrum told the press, We have a winning ticket. Where's our cash? We'll go to the police to report Camelot. They're being unscrupulous. I know my rights. <laughs> One person who was definitely laughing at their predicament was Goodrum's ex-girlfriend and mother of one of his children. It's a tad baffling that guys like this find a way to procreate, but they always do. Shelley Bertels, who was in a relationship with Goodrum from 2013 to 2015, told the media, When I realised Camelot weren't giving him the money, I laughed my head off. That's karma for you. If the scratch card was bought using a stolen debit card, the winning should go to the card owner. And if Goodrum is granted the money, he should give it back to everyone he has stolen from. You see, Shelley was not a big fan of Goodrum's lifestyle, which revolved around stealing stuff and doing drugs. She said, People would message me saying Goodrum had taken their stuff, and I'd tell them where he was so they could go and claim the stuff back. I hated it. 
I thought it was a disgusting way to live. Shelley became pregnant to Goodrum. Soon afterwards, he was sent to prison for burglary. Again. Shelley said she visited him in prison, only to find that he had decorated the walls of his cell with photos of his ex-girlfriend and none of her. This was one of the many straws that broke the camel's back and Shelley decided to break up with him. She said that after he got out of prison, he was more interested in robbing his neighbours and abusing drugs than helping take care of their daughter Lexi. In fact, she claims he has only spent 20 minutes with his daughter in her entire life. So let's add Father of the Year to Goodrum's long list of achievements, shall we? While Watson and Goodrum waited for the results of the investigation and played the poor me card to the media until it was worn into dust, the two went on a couple of separate side quests spreading violence throughout the land. On July 5th, 2019, Watson decided to go out for a meal. The dinner rush was on and the place was pretty crowded with families waiting for their turn to hit the buffet. Watson, the little greedy guts, filled his plate to overflowing and spilled gravy all over the carpet. When he went back for seconds, a staff member intervened and told him that it was not an all-you-can-eat buffet. This pissed Watson off because he operated under the premise that if he wanted something, he should just be able to take it. Watson became aggressive and started swearing at the staff member in front of shocked families waiting to be served. Then he added some physical comedy to his epic tantrum and started rage-eating vegetables from a serving ladle just to spite them. Restaurant manager Oliver Knight took it off him and tried to get him to stop making a scene, but Watson was hell-bent on escalating the drama. He grabbed a ladle full of hot cauliflower cheese and started storming around the room, gobbling from it. The manager tried to wrestle the ladle from him, but he wasn't having it. After a tussle, Watson dropped the ladle on the floor, then picked it up and threw it at the manager, hitting him in the head. Staff members came to the manager's aid and eventually shooed Watson out the door. The police were called and arrested him soon afterwards. Watson later pleaded guilty to assault. He was fined £200 and had to pay the victim £100 compensation. I'm surprised someone with 74 prior convictions wouldn't get a heavier sentence than that. But I guess the fact the courts allow him to wander around amongst us fucking shit up is how he managed to get those 74 convictions in the first place. A couple of months later, it was Goodrum's turn to attack someone, and his efforts would make Watson's look pretty cute and innocuous in comparison. On September 25th, 2019, Goodrum and his girlfriend went to a friend's flat. She drank cider while the others smoked crack. At around 4am, the couple decided to head home. They argued as they walked down the street. Ever the charming romantic, Goodrum called his girlfriend a slag and a baghead, then he headbutted her in the face. This left her with a gash in her forehead so deep that paramedics could see the bone. The woman tried to get away from him, but he followed her, telling her that he loved her. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. And hey, look, maybe he did, but that doesn't mean he's allowed to be violent to her. Ever. When she reached her house, he grabbed her and started roughing her up some more, only stopping when her mother heard her screams and intervened. 
He then tried to get her to tell the police that she'd got drunk and fallen over instead of being headbutted by him. He was arrested and remanded in Forest Bank Prison, but that didn't stop him from harassing her. Court records show that while there, he bombarded her with letters and phone calls trying to intimidate her into lying to the police. He told her not to attend court to give evidence at his trial. He said that he'd enjoyed a large lottery win and would look after her if she did what he said. He also told her that she'd get done for assaulting him if she attended court. Mmm, yeah, nah. You can't get done for being head-butted by a fuckwit. There is no charge against that. Serial offender Goodrum initially denied the attack, but later pleaded guilty to causing grievous bodily harm and attempting to pervert the course of justice. He was sentenced to 25 months in prison and given a restraining order banning him from contacting the victim. Hopefully he didn't then decorate his prison cell with pictures of her. We do know his interior design taste for his prison cell walls tends to be ex-girlfriend heavy. Back to the lottery investigation. The police eventually discovered that the card used to buy the winning ticket belonged to Joshua Adaman. When they spoke to him, he told them that he'd never met Goodrum or Watson, he wasn't a John, and he certainly didn't owe them any brothel money. Meanwhile, in August 2019, Goodrum and Watson issued a writ accusing Camelot of breaching their contract by not paying the thieves their £4 million winnings. The violent fuckknuckles claimed that they bought their scratch card legitimately with a bank card belonging to a friend, even though the man whose card it was had denied these claims. Being the geniuses they were, they hired disgraced barrister Henry Hendren to represent them in the High Court in London. Hendren had only just returned to practising law after a three-year suspension for supplying recreational drugs that killed his teenage boyfriend. Appropriate choice of counsel indeed. The dim-witted duo continued to swear till they were blue in the face that they'd won the lottery fair and square and vowed to fight their case in the high court. However, in December 2021, just before the case against them went to trial, they changed their pleas. They both pleaded guilty to three counts of fraud by false representation. During sentencing, Judge Sarah Johnson said, You must have thought all your Christmases had come at once. Camelot were instinctively and instantly suspicious of the tale that you told. You had the audacity to plead your sense of injustice in the national newspapers, subsequent to the fraud being uncovered. You both have appalling records for dishonesty and theft. I have no doubt that both of you will continue to offend in dishonest ways in the future. On December 14th, Watson was jailed for 18 months. Goodrum was given an extra month for breaching the conditions of his bail, taking his sentence to 19 months, which probably gave all of his ex-girlfriends a good laugh. One's wearing a cap and they're lasting walking southbound on Savannah. One's armed with a handgun. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. On Friday, the 28th of January this year, 50-year-old grandmother Sandra Cobb Sabo went to the Crossroads Tavern in Bismarck, North Dakota. Their website says that Crossroads Tavern offers a friendly, laid-back atmosphere. They have bingo every night and blackjack, pig wheel, pool tabs, pokies, video bowling, pool darts and cornhole. I don't know what half those things are and Googling them just brought up a lot of kinky sex stuff, but I'm pretty sure that they're forms of gambling. After possibly enjoying one or nine too many drinks, Sandy took the friendly laid-back atmosphere a bit too far by helping herself to a spot of slap and tickle. In the early hours of Saturday morning, two deputies from the Burley County Sheriff's Office arrived at the venue to perform a bar check. Their presence did not go unnoticed by Sandy. An affidavit obtained by the Bismarck Tribune reportedly stated that while the deputies were inside the bar, Randy Sandy jogged up to one of them, took a large swing and slapped him in the buttocks. The slap on the bum was apparently more than a gentle love tap as it caused the officer pain and resulted in him taking Sandy into custody. Being put under arrest did not dampen Sandy's enthusiasm to clumsily attempt to seduce the deputy. According to the report, even after being arrested, Sandy continued to froth at the deputy, catcalling him and repeatedly referring to him as a sexy cop. While she was in the back of the squad car on her way to the Burley Morton Detention Centre, she asked the officer multiple times if he was married and told him that she loves a man in uniform. She also banged on about how she could not believe that she was going to jail for slapping a sexy cop in the ass. While Randy Sandy may have thought slapping a cop on the butt was just a bit of harmless sexy fun and wouldn't be considered much of a crime, she is now facing serious jail time. Regardless of gender, nobody is allowed to touch anybody else's bum without consent. Prosecutors charge Sandy with one count of simple assault against a peace officer, which is the Class C felony, and sexual assault for offensive contact, which is a Class A misdemeanor. She could be sentenced to up to six years if fully convicted. She was also banned from the Crossroads Tavern, along with a no-contact order for the officer whose butt she slapped. Sandy's Facebook account shows that she served in the Marines, possibly to be closer to men in uniform. That must have been quite the buffet. I wonder if she also has a thing for men in prison guard uniforms. If not, she may want to develop one soon. Queen 20, Roger. See if they can respond to that 415 man with a gun calling Holmes. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available, and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. In 2018, Chinese police released a video of a ridiculous attempted robbery in Shanghai. In it, two burglars with hoods of their jackets pulled tight to cover their faces stealthily approached a store. They were carrying bricks that they used to attempt to smash a window by throwing them at it. One of the would-be thieves mistimed their throw and their brick hit the other one right in the head. The injured robber promptly fell to the ground unconscious. 
The other quickly aborted the mission and dragged him to a waiting car. The Shanghai Public Security Bureau stated, If all burglars were like this, we wouldn't need to work overtime. In February 2016, Clarksville, Tennessee man David Wiley decided it was a good idea to go to Walmart for a spot of drunken shoplifting. The police were called to the store after an employee phoned them to say they'd witnessed David urinating on the sales floor near the alcohol while trying to put a package of trout down his trousers. <laughs> Who says men can't multitask? He then tried to leave the store without paying for his pant fish. David told the officer that he had indeed urinated on the floor and he had been consuming alcohol, but he was not concerned with being cited for either offence because they were misdemeanours. He was arrested and charged with shoplifting, vandalism, indecent exposure and public intoxication. The officer stated that David's comments led him to believe that the offences were likely to continue. An Iranian robber decided to get some performance-enhancing magic spells put on him so he could rob banks more effectively. He paid the equivalent of $500 to a wizard for a set of spells to tie to his arm. The sorcerer told him that the spells would make him completely invisible so that he could then rob banks all he wanted without getting caught. After he entered the bank, he started snatching money out of the hands of customers. And they were like, oh my God, what is this invisible force? Am I being mugged by ghosts? No, they weren't. <laughs> Not only could they see him, but they quickly overpowered him. The man later said in court, I made a mistake. I understand now what a big trick was played on me. <laughs> Never trust a wizard. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. I'd like to thank Danny and Davis for suggesting some cases that I covered in this episode. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. If you'd like to support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, monthly bonus episodes and a variety of merchandise, head on over to patreon.com forward slash World's Dumbest Criminals. Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo from my hilarious and spooky friends at the Ghost Story Guys. Till next week, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Hey, I'm Brendan Storr. I'm Paul Bestel. We're the Ghost Story Guys. And every two weeks, we'll bring you a range of spooky stories from around the world. That's right. True life stories of the paranormal told with humor, humanity, and a pinch of skepticism. And other stuff that generates a lot of angry emails. Sometimes. Well, less over time. You know, I think as people get angrier at us, they... Anyways, Paul, this is all going very badly. <laughs> We're available on 
iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere. Find Podcast Live, or you can find us at ghoststoryguys.com. Stay spooky. Can Jim Harold sue us for that? <laughs> oh, yeah, he might do, yeah. We're sorry, Jim. We love you. <laughs> yeah, we'll not say that. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.